This is gonna hurt. It's time, it's time for the Suffering, the suffering Podcast. Podcast. Often, that which can save our lives can also cause the most damage. The benefits get outweighed easily when tragedy strikes. Life-saving quickly becomes life-taking. Prescription medications are responsible for saving millions of lives. Prescription medications are responsible for the untimely death of so many. Food is an essential necessity that we need to survive. Food is an addictive substance that, when abused, causes ravages to your body, making it almost unusable. A pencil is an essential communication tool used to convey our hopes, dreams, and feelings. A pencil misused by the media can destroy your life. Anything on earth can cause harm if the person wielding it wishes to do so. Putting an object in the hands of a wrong person will forever change the benefits that the object can provide. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felice, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we sit down with Dave Voorhees to discuss the suffering of guns. Dave's an avid crusader for something that he truly believes in. Thank you so much for traveling all this way to get here. My pleasure. Dave, if you notice, there's going to be a couple screw-ups. I mean, it, they already happened already, but yeah, we could edit those out. There's, yeah, a, there's a screw-up sitting to the left and <laughs> right of me right here. Um, you know, thanks for coming all this way. We really appreciate it. Um, especially, it's nice to have another Philly fan. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yep, Phillies are playing tonight. All the, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I am not the only one here. The Mets won 10 2 today. Yeah, uh, they, I'm not a Met fan. Sun shines on a cat's ass every once in a while. Hey, the Mets, the Mets got a better record than the Yankees now. Well, that's not saying much for the Yankees. Mets, yeah, Mets are right. like a glorified nah, minor. Let's like stop team. talking about baseball. We got a, we got bigger <laughs> fish to fry here. <laughs> we got bigger guns to discuss. Yeah, right. uh, every week, Dave, we take a question from our audience hmm. on something that they would like to hear. This week's message comes from Jennifer, and it says, how do you stay open to new ideas? I thought this was apt for the discussion that we're going to have today because it's a, it's a tough discussion to have. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you know, we don't discuss politics on this. We don't, we, we, we have pretty open minds when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, this is going to be a dance today to stay away from the political arena. But how do you, how do you maintain an open mind when, when, when there's a belief that you're strong and steadfast to? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a good question. Um, I would say for me, you got to look at it from just because someone disagrees with you doesn't make them right and you wrong or vice versa. You know, I don't like what you're saying, so I'm right because I disagree with you. So a lot of times what I think of is, all right, how do we come together on this? What What is the best option? If that makes sense. Mike, what do you think? I mean, it's really finding a common ground. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we see it in law enforcement all the time. You you go into a place and you see you you have your way. You think you're going to attack this situation. Mm-hmm. Someone else comes in and says, "Well, why don't we do it this way?" The four eyes are always better <clears> than two. So it's funny funny you said that because I had when I was on, I had a second job and it was uh, computer uh, police management software, digital mm-hmm. compl- police management. Now it's in every police department, but when I started. It was just working its wave in. There were some police departments that were still pen and paper. Mm-hmm. And I would go – my value there was another cop talking to another cop on how this is going to make your life better, easier, and more effective. And I had some grizzled old-timers. The dinosaurs. Yeah, the, <laughs> the grizzled old-timers are like, kid, you're not going to show me how to do it. And mm-hmm. it was real simple to me. Here, here's, how, here's how I approached it. If this doesn't make your life easier, then don't use it. Yep. You're, there's, at this time, there was no hard and fast rule that you had to use. You had to use report writing mm-hmm. in there. So I said, don't use it. But I guarantee you, you're going to see over time that this that these guys who are using this are going to get done faster, 
and it's going to look more professional. And that's showing them the value, but that comes through education, mm. you know? It's like when e-tickets came out. Oh, yeah. I never you. I wrote them all out. Yep. Screw, screw this e-ticket. Yeah. If it didn't out. make your life easier, what's the point of using it? <laughs> it you know, it probably made, would make my life easier, but it made me more aggravated, though. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. I'll just do it. As close as your mind is, I want to know on certain on certain things, you're pretty open-minded. How do, you, how do you maintain an open mind? Like I said, you have to look at all perspectives. You know, you, before you say it, I'm not the smartest guy out there. So someone else is going to have. I'm glad you finally identified that. So, someone's going to have a, a, an opinion that's better than mine. I mean, as, as cops, we're always strong-willed people, and we always think we're right, and we always think we can handle things. But someone else may have a better idea. You, you, you got to go in open-minded and, and weigh out all this. And, and like you said. Try to make things easier. Make them easier for yourself. You know, I, I try never to be married to my opinions because mm -hmm. opinions can be very, very dangerous. I try to take all the educational materials that I have and be the curator of my own information rather than having somebody tell me what they're supposed to do. When you see somebody that is so avidly, on, on a whole, this is not every time, that is so avidly for or against something, one of their opinions, mm. they're usually missing some piece of information. They, they really are. And what that does is it opens up for you to come across that one person who is truly educated in the subject, and they're going to burn you, and they're going to make you look like an ass. Yep. So we try not to stay married. I try not to stay married to my opinions on a lot of different things. We've had people on this show here that I don't agree with their lifestyle, and I don't have to I don't have to affirm their lifestyle. But, mm. you know, ultimately, I do have to accept I, it. I tried to stay married to things, too, but that didn't work. But anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> Throw, <laughs> throw that one in there. <laughs> some some people are so closed-minded and set in their ways. They don't want to hear your opinion. They want to hear... They, they want to hear what fits their agenda. Correct. And they want you to reverberate their opinion. And if you don't, that's when arguments happen. Mm -hmm. And that's why to, to certain things in this world, there are no right answers. Mm -hmm. there, you know, if you argue religion, there's no right answer because nobody's come back from that place. And then, you know, the other thing is politics. Both sides has their view, their point of view, and that's why we don't talk about it, because there is no winning on that situation. Yeah. But just um, getting back to that, I know we don't talk politics, but I think that's the problem with the country now. you got the, the left, and you got the right, and nobody wants to meet in the middle anymore. I, they, I, the I, left has their, their view, the right has their view, and nobody's using common sense. And it's a government for the people. I am going to make one of the first political statements on here. I think both sides are knuckleheads. Oh, yeah. I really do, because they're stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. Nobody can compromise. Because they're not meeting in the middle. Right. Jennifer, thank you so much for that question. I want to give a big shout out to our marquee sponsor. That's Toyota of Hackensack. We buy our cars from Toyota because we trust them. We don't trust everybody else. You know, that's one of the worst things about being a cop. You just don't trust everybody. Yep. But Toyota of Hackensack, you go to toyotaofhackensack.com and let them find you a car. So Dave, long drive up here. Oh yeah. Two yeah. and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yep. Oh. Do you have to go through Philly? Uh, luckily, no. I got, uh, well, I took the Commodore Barry and then ended up going on the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, they got all those weird names yeah. out in Pennsylvania. I used to go to the Commodore Barry. I went to Widener University for a little while. Okay, Manchester, you know, so yep, you used to do the right Commodore there. Barry all the time. There you go. I, went, I was almost going to go to Widener. Well, you, you didn't, you didn't make it in there. <laughs> <laughs> they only let us smart guys in there and good football uh, players. Yes. Well, that's that's probably the reason you hit that's me on that. Why, where'd you go to Fairly Ridiculous? I went to Fairly Ridiculous <laughs> in Madison. <laughs> it's a great school. Hey, when I went to Fairly, it was top 5 rated in Playboy as a party school. Mm, okay. Okay, so when I showed up there as a freshman, there was kegs hitting sitting outside the door. <laughs> when he when he showed up and dropped into the, the bottom 100. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think it, I think it went up a couple notches when I was there. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, quick background, you know, I Grew up uh, with a single mom. 
was raised in the Poconos. My and dad. your mother is a friend of the show. She is. She's She's this is like here family before. again. Yes. Well, everybody that comes on a show is family. Yeah. And that's Professor T. Teresa Augustinelli. See, I got the name right. I had the toughest time saying your mother's name. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, he's Irish. so he's I Irish. had to spell it out phonetically. <laughs> and we, it's it's the names with the vowels at the end that I have the toughest time. It's just mm. the Irish tongue doesn't work real well. Yeah. And uh, so that's what she said. <laughs> we had another guest on. It took me, t- we, had, we did a two part episode with him. And I think it, it took me two hours in before I finally got his name right. So you're, you're, you're south, south of Philly, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? I work in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, one of the part now they do things a little differently in, in that area as far as hiring police. And it's a little foreign world because New Jersey, it's a competitive job market. Yeah. Um, but they, they don't hire you like they, they, they bring in, is it per diem or is it part-time? What's, what's the deal? So the way they do it where I'm at is it's part-time full-time. So you might work part-time in a full-time capacity. So you'll work full-time hours just like all the other full-time guys. You just don't get benefits or a pension or anything like that. Other departments will hire a guy and they work two or three shifts a week. Other guys are just as needed where a full-time guy will call out or take a vacation. They need somebody to cover it. How's that with with training and everything? It's very difficult. That's got to be rough. Yeah. So that's why I had mentioned when I met with some people about trying to start a 501c3 for departments that say, hey, listen, we have a budget for our full-timers to train them, but we can't afford to train our part-timers. So, you know, the part-timers kind of get pushed to the side. And I'm like, all right, well, we do the same job. We do the same, have the same powers of arrest. And if needed, have to make those hard calls. And you're, you're also beholden to the same laws that every other police officer is beholden to where you make an error, mm. your ass is going to get nailed to the wall. Correct. And, and you're with a, a part-time partner that isn't as trained as you are. Mm. So he may not be as capable as, as a full-time employee. Yeah. And that's why I've sought out so much training on my own time out of my own pocket, because I believe that if you are going to be called to law enforcement, you need to be the best trained that you can. So how do you like the job? I mean, you've been doing it for a while, right? Uh, I started in 2011. Oh, wow. So you yeah. got you got 11 years in. So mm-hmm. what do you think of the job? A lot has changed <laughs> over, the, I'd say, the 10 years when I started. Things were a lot different. And now it's very much, you know, you need to remember you are being watched. Every and, second of every day. Yep. And I'm also an instructor at uh, our Delaware County Vocational School. And where I teach there, I tell my students, you have to remember in this day and age, everything you do you might have to give an accountability for. People have smartphones, ring cameras, all kinds of stuff. Just remember that how you conduct yourself, how do you want that scene on the news? Well, do, you, do you have dash cams and body cams down there? We don't. So it, it's kind of hard. Some departments are getting them. Some are getting just dash cams. Some are getting body cams. Some are getting both. Body cam. You know, I just heard something today, as a matter of fact, about the body cams. Mm. If you, and again, this goes back to a subjective police administration if your body cam shuts off mm-hmm. and they can even if they have an inkling that you did it mm. you could be charged with a third degree crime yeah, in new jersey I heard that. wow third degree crime so you're going to lose your job mm. you're going to go to jail for yep. five years it's a it's 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 a that's a that's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. so it almost unfortunately the body cams some people screwed it up for everybody so we all got to pay the price yeah but what it does is it makes people hesitant to do their job mm. Agreed. And it takes discretion out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, it, I, I'm not a big fan of the body cams. I understand their their need. 
Mm. Understand people's fears where there's that third eye watching that in the uh, objective third eye. Transparency. Yeah. So, you know, but I had never come in with body mics, but I came in. We didn't have MBRs in all the cars. We had them in a couple. Mm. When they came in in all the cars, everybody was real hesitant. Everybody was real scared. Mm. But those those MVRs, the the dash cam microphones, Mm. they saved my butt. They never jammed me up. Mm. They saved my butt a lot. You know, because then it's not a he said, she said thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so what else, what else you got going on? Um, currently still working with, uh, some of our, uh, political leaders trying to get something together for where we can bridge both sides, both Democrats, Republicans. I think it's time that we start addressing the mental health issue. As far as it relates to guns, correct? As far as it relates to guns. Yeah. I mean, it's. We want to blame all these other things, and we don't want to realize that it's it's a human issue. It's not a gun problem. It's not a bullet problem. It's a human problem. We have to start recognizing that there's a mental health crisis. Let's say guns don't kill humans, though. Correct. You well, know, you know, this is damaging as a gun can be. Mm. The most damaging thing on the planet that is manufactured in the billions every day is this right here. Because mm. this can do more damage to your character than, than most guns on, on a statistic level, Correct. you know, obviously, well, this could kill you. I've tried a couple of <laughs> times to, to do this, <laughs> but anything put in the wrong hands mm. can be seen as destructive. Mm-hmm. Anything, you know, I, I you, obviously you weren't privy to the open because all you do is try to mess me up. <laughs> you got something like prescription medication. Yeah. So prescription medication sa- saves millions of lives. Mm-hmm. Prescription medication takes millions of lives. Mm. So and it ruins millions of lives. Right. Yeah. And it, it, you can go pencils, you can go food, you can go all different, the whole gamut of thing, abu- mm. the abuse of anything yep. and the abuse of guns. Guns seems to be the hot, hot topic button right now because there's, uh, you know, the school shootings and things like that. So people are real hyper aware of everything that's going on. Mm. Um, you know, Is, isn't it really guns getting into the wrong hands? I think that's, I think that's, that's the case. What we're yeah. all here about today. You know, mm. at its essence, the Second Amendment. Mm. Okay, I have a theory. Actually, I know what the Second Amendment was written for. Mm. You know, the Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. Correct. All right. Do you know? Do, tell us a little bit about why you think the cost, the the founding fathers put that in the Constitution. Uh, I think it's a twofold measure. It's one, it's to keep the government accountable to the people, and one, it's for the protection of that person as well. So it's the protection of life, liberty. I mean, that's why our forefathers had the vision to say, hey, we need to write some ideas and some laws out just so we don't end up with the same rule that we had over in England. Mm. So the the reason that, that I had read, I read a lot of different things on this, is that was put in the Constitution to guard against a tyrannical government. Right. So we never went back to what we had with England, the exactly. abuse. Less so much, less than... Uh, um, you know, less than protection. It was put in there primarily for that. And if you, you want my case in point to this is in 1933, when the Nazi party took over Germany, first thing Adolf Hitler did was take away all the private guns. Right. And what does that do? All of a sudden your citizens can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's the history lesson right there of why that amendment is so important. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, because of my personal incident, I can't stand guns. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like them. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there are people who do. Yep. I really am glad there are people who do. 
So, I mean, are you, you personally, what's your personal feelings on, on guns? Me personally, I grew up very pro second amendment. My family's very pro guns, pro second amendment, but they're also very pro training. We're not just going to give you a gun and say, here, go, you know, shoot outside and shoot some cans. You're going to learn gun safety. You're going to learn proper handling of weapons. You know, our, our family, we learned if you got a temper, you shouldn't have a gun. It's one or the other. You've been out drinking. If you've been, you out, shouldn't have if a gun. You've been out drinking, you know, it, that to me is just common sense. If you're going to go out and have some drinks with some buddies and all that, leave your gun at home. Mm-hmm. If you're with a bunch of buddies, the last thing you need is to be drinking and then get into an altercation. Regardless of who starts the fight, you're the one that's going to look It's bad. not going to end well. No, it's well, not going to end well. That's well. a rookie decision. Just and, and I hate to use that term rookie because I think it's a derogatory term. Mm. But a rookie, a new officer, will carry his gun. I swear they sleep with it. Oh, 20, yeah. 24-7. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. I got. And they'll, they'll put the bulge. They'll, they'll put a polo yeah. shirt over, it and you can see yep. the bulge in there. But all that's the, that's an ego thing, and, and pronounce it. So you're like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> in today's day and age, that's not something you want to do all the no. time. I, you know, after Christ six months on the job, I put I put that thing in the locker and kept it there because mm. it just became a huge liability yep. after that. There are plenty of times I never took my gun home. I, I left it in my locker yeah. work. Yeah, I, I, I leave mine in my locker, and then I just take my off-duty home. Yeah, that's that's what I do. And there's many of us that pretty much do the same thing. Because yeah, yeah, I I see the value for it. Like, I have a lot of deer in my neighborhood. Mm. So the, the one of the reasons why guns are good for me is mm. I'll always have food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've, as a police officer, you've seen some... Um, some pretty nasty calls with guns, some abuse of guns. Mm, I have. Do you have, uh, do you have any that you, that stand out? Uh, I have several. Um, one was back uh, a couple months ago, uh, which I was actually awarded a life save award for saving a young man's life. Uh, he was shot in the abdomen and nearly lost his life. So as, as you know, a young man under the age of 18, um, can't speculate or obviously talk about what happened, but, uh, he was shot in the abdomen I was the first one on scene, and I'm again, as I've said, I'm very big into training, very big into, as a police officer, how many times are we the first ones there? Yeah. We're there before fire. We're there before EMS, usually, and we're the ones that have to start. And it usually decisions. feels like an hour before EMS gets there. And it's only it, a couple it really minutes. Is. You're like, feels- wait, you're waiting to hear those sirens in the distance, and you're like, man, it's been forever. And in two minutes, yeah. we have gone by. But it's, it, you know, we, we have to see the worst of the worst. Mm. We have to deal with somebody, a gun, say that might be in somebody's hand that it shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. Illegal guns, yep. specifically illegal guns or guns in the in, in the hands of uh, maybe somebody grabbed it, uh, grabbed a legal gun that shouldn't, shouldn't have it. Yeah. Um, the, there's a couple different theories that I have with that. But you being a police officer, has it, you, gr- you grew up one way. Mm. believing in the second amendment yeah you being a police officer has it changed any of your views on guns i still say that people do have the right to own a gun but responsibly and legally you know there, there's too many guns that are out there where people are we see guns with obliterated serial numbers well we know that's not a legal gun but then people that are getting charged with gun crimes they do negotiate a guilty pleas they know that you know what they're probably going to get out in half the time so it's like, where's the accountability start and where does it end with guns? I, I still say that I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in an individual's right to own a gun, to carry a gun. I believe in a person's right for 
concealed weapons, but again, legally and responsibly. Mike, you, you were a police officer for 20 years. You came into the job the one, a one way, and then you left another way. Did your view on guns change over that time? You get jaded by a lot of different things. Mm. You know, I mean, like I said, I, I was never a gun owner growing up. I was never anti-gun. Mm. Um, you know, first gun I ever got was when I first got my job. Mm. It's pretty much the first time I held a gun. So I really had no, like, preconceived notions on it or anything like mm. that. Then you realize the damage a gun could do, mm. you know, and especially if it gets in the wrong hands. Yep. You know, like you said, the the ones with the, the shaved serial numbers and all that, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, it's... You guys would laugh at the way I got my gun. So I was in the police academy during 9-11. Yep. And our department recalled us. We go back to the department. The lieutenant pulls me in the armory, says, we hadn't qualified yet. Yeah. says, here's your gun. Don't shoot anybody. It's exactly what he said to me. And I went out to the post. Did, yep. he, give, did he give you bullets? Yeah, I had bullets <laughs> and I had everything. It was a real gun. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't one of the red ones. Um, but yeah, that, that, it's insane. Mm-hmm. But that was 9-11. We thought we were at war. Yeah. So it was a yeah. little bit different atmosphere. Absolutely. Um, but God forbid you did shoot someone. Holy cow. But there's so many different types of guns out there. There is. All right. The guns that the police carry, you know, it's usually now actually they're going down to nine millimeters mm-hmm. where when I, when I left, we were at 45s. Yeah. It was always going up. Yeah. Yep. Started at night, you know, it was a revolver, nine, a nine millimeter, 40 caliber, 45. Now it seems to be going down. Mm. What, what's, I don't know. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Yep. Um, I mean, from one of the, uh, combat courses that I took, a lot of it emphasized on asking the why. Why are you learning to train the way you are? Why do you shoot the amount of rounds that you shoot? And a lot of times it seems to be, one, cost effectiveness. What's a box of 9 millimeter versus a box of 45? Okay. Well, that makes that, I know mm-hmm. ammo is pretty short yeah. right now. And manageability. You're getting some people that are coming out of the academy that might be thinner or, you know, can't handle a 45. And so what do we do? We go to a nine millimeter because it's more manageable. And females in law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, pick on them, but obviously they're not as, some women aren't as strong as guys and they can't really handle it. I mean, I've seen girls who couldn't handle a shotgun. Mm. But, but I've also seen some females that I'd take to watch my back any I've, day I've of the seen, week. I've seen guys who people. can't handle a shotgun yep. also. So I'm not I've just, I'm not just females. I'm like, listen, she can watch yeah. my back any day. Well, I always say to one of the best police officers I've ever worked with was a female. Mm. It's Fantastic. Because they're more focused and attentive to detail. It's named Mike Felice. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I do know recently in the town that I work in, somebody was in the police academy. Mm. This is probably two years ago. Couldn't pull the trigger. Yep. You know, if you can't pull the trigger, that, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. You know, if you got to squeeze so hard, maybe you should have trained a little bit. Mm. Why don't you go get a gripper? Yeah. And that's, I, I put that onus on them. Well, yeah, mm. Again, that comes down to grip strength and that comes down to being able to qualify because you're squeezing yep. a gun and you're, you're punching it now because you're squeezing the hell out of it and the gun's shaking and you're punching down and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but you, you train. What? Shame on them for not training. You know, you train to run when you go through the academy. You mm. train your body yep. to get through the rigors of the physical training. That should be something that you train as well. And as cliche as it is, I always tell people, I train like I fight. I fight like I train. Right. Absolutely. If yeah. I'm training in jujitsu, I want to wear as much of my gear as I can. When I was training with a guy in Krav Maga, we were doing simulated street fights, resisting arrest. How about Caparera? Um, that's, that's Mike's. 
Not not too he much. He just likes he likes Brazilian dance fighting. <laughs> God. Andrew, a, just, more... Andrew, Andrew just Andrew just Andrew uh, just see I don't have the Latin tongue Andrew. Capo, capoeira. Capoeira. I'm Capo, gonna say capoeira. Capoeira. I'm gonna just do it to piss him off. That's all. <laughs> you gotta roll the you R. See him, he's like uh. capoeira. Capoeira. <laughs> That's why we need more Latin police officers to to do capoeira. <laughs> um, they so do merengue and all that. But there's all different types of guns. There is. You know, you got your handguns, and you, and the, the the buzz term now is assault weapon. Ugh. Assault weapon. Anything anything that's long and looks funky. Mm. Like I've seen shotguns that look like quote unquote assault weapons. Yeah. All you got to do is put some fancy dresses on them, and they 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 can dress them up. So what yeah. are the different types of guns that people need to deal with? I mean, the term assault weapon to me just makes my skin crawl every time I hear it because nobody's going to walk into a gun store and say, hey, can I buy an assault weapon? They're going to look at you like you got three heads. There, there's no such thing. It's, it's, we know that it's that made-up media term of, oh, assault weapons. Because it's catchy. Correct. It's catchy to the people who are anti-Second Amendment. Yep. And they hear assault and they think automatically, oh, the bad black gun. Oh, the, the black rifle. No, no, no. But yet, a semi-automatic handgun can do just as much damage as an AR-15, an M4. I think I could do. Shotgun. I think I could do more damage with a handgun than most people can do because you've you've shot automatic weapons, mm. which I think people would be safer to say an automatic weapon rather than an assault weapon because mm. that's pretty much what they're talking: multiple fires, mm -hmm. multiple bullets. You know, by just pulling the trigger once. If you've ever shot one, those bullets will just keep going up and up and up and <laughs> mm -hmm. up until, and that's why you look at any range, any indoor range. Just look up in the ceiling right oh, above yeah, the line. Oh, yeah, you can see it. You'll see, you'll see people, you'll see lines you, up there. You got to get that, that rib roll forward and, yeah. you know, yeah, well, yeah, bring that, your body into the gun. And, so if you watch any, any, uh, military, like Navy SEAL movie, mm. you'll see them do the, 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 it's like a, it's like a hunch almost. Yep. You got to get that rifle yeah. in your shoulder pocket yeah. right there. You know, it's really funny though when people shoot a shotgun and they don't have it tight to their shoulder. Oh, man, oh, yeah. it hurts. That is fun. Yeah, you can see him pop backwards. You're like, yeah, you know that hurts. Just look at the videos on the internet. <laughs> yeah. People shooting a shotgun no, flies up. The 50 yeah. cal gun, like a 50 cal Desert Eagle, yeah. which has got a huge bullet and it's got a, it, I've shot huge him. Huge kick. It shoots like a, it kicks like a mule. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> people hold it here in the tripod stance. Yep. And a pop, right hit him right in the head, um, which I always find is pretty funny. But that, now that's someone who shouldn't own a gun. Correct. Or at least Correct. learn. At least learn. They yeah. own it. Yeah. Like get some training. You're not going to buy a brand new Ferrari without knowing at least how to drive the car. Now, do you think, and I'm sure we'll get into this, you should be qualified and adept at that with that gun before you buy it? My personal opinion is, is if you're going to buy a gun, the onus is on you to understand that weapon, to get the training on that weapon. Too many times you see people, I got a gun. I got a gun. You know, it's, I think you need to, if you're going to get that gun, you need to get some training on it. You need to understand how it operates. And not even that, it's the safety as well of, if you don't know how your gun works, what are you going to do if there's a problem with it? You know, you're going to shoot yourself. You're you going to hurt yourself, yeah. somebody else. Those people, those people that say, oh, I got a gun. I got mm -hmm. a gun. I don't think I'd be as afraid of them as most people. Because it's the dog, it's the dog who barks the loudest that rarely bites. You know, those are the people that I'll show them I can do way more damage to you with a baseball bat than you're going to do with your gun. Now they may get off some shots, and that's where the danger comes in. Yeah. But um, you know, a true 
educated gun owner, mm. a legal gun owner, a safety conscious gun owner, it's never going to tell you they got a gun. No. It, they're just going to pull it out and they're going to, it's going to go bang. Yep. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the guy that announces it that you don't, have, it's the, it's the quiet guy mm-hmm. that'll just walk away and come back. That's the guy you got to be afraid of. So what is a true assault weapon as it's defined? So there are so many different interpretations of you hear assault weapon. Is it because it shoots more than one round when you depress the trigger? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's painted black? You know, we joke around a lot of times in law enforcement, you could take a pen and paint it black and now it's a tactical pen. <laughs> like, what makes something an assault weapon? People just like the idea of an M4, an AR-15, AK-47. That to them is an assault weapon. And never even thinking about a shotgun that's semi-automatic and is also black. It, it's, it's that round, it's that idea of it's an assault rifle. So don't you think that might be the first thing that we got to change is we got to change people's vocabulary. And I absolutely think that, you know, the last meeting I had with a senator was that we need to, we need to change the idea of what the, I don't want to blame. Any gun's an assault weapon. And it can be. Anything in and of itself, you could get a potato gun, paint it black, and if it can shoot multiple potatoes, what do we have now? And a, a semi-automatic assault potato gun? Well, but, but can't can a, can a car be an assault weapon? Correct. That's what I'm, that's my point. And that's the other thing. So yeah. if I, if I, if I have an illegal gun mm-hmm. and I have it for nefarious purposes yeah. and I shoot it at somebody, isn't that an assault? And it's an assault with a weapon, hence it's an assault weapon. And so that in and of itself is where you have to say, all right, we know where the term assault uh, rifle, assault weapon, where it came from. Why was it originated? Well, we know why it was originated, but no one, any meeting I've ever had, no one can truly explain to me, give me an exact definition of an assault weapon. No, they're willing to make laws about it, though. Which is scary, because right. it's like, you want to make a weapon, about, a law about something, you're not 100% versed in. Like I said, you, you drive a car into a crowd. Is that an assault vehicle? You're, you're driving yeah. into a crowd to, to hit people and hurt people, injure people, kill people. Now, they, your, don't, they don't consider an assault car. And to your point, if that happens, who do they blame? Do they blame the car or the driver? Yeah, they blame the driver. But yet if somebody gets a shotgun and does the same thing in a crowd, who do we blame? They blame the shotgun or, 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 or the assault weapon. And that's where yeah. I'm like, I, I don't understand this whole, okay, well, we'll blame the car. All right, now blame the gun. Well, it's, it's as I see it, because when I was a kid, I'm, I'm 48 years old, and, and the school shootings weren't out there. Mm. I'm sure they were, but mm-hmm. we never heard about them. Well, the first real one we heard about was what, Columbine? Columbine, yeah. That was the one that really opened everybody's eyes to everything. The, uh, those kids were out to, to cause mayhem, mm-hmm. whether it would be with a pipe bomb, a homemade pipe bomb, or a car into the school. Mm-hmm. That was just their, their path of least resistance to get in there. But I think it also has a lot to do with the way, with conflict resolution. I see this with my kids. Yeah. I teach my kids conflict resolution. They get into a fight with somebody, I sit them both down, and now you got to go talk it out. Yeah. The schools don't want that. The schools actually frown upon that. And they, my son got into a fight and they, they made him try to make him sign this contract to say, you guys are going to stay away from each other. It's, I swear to God, it's a contract. And I shoved it back in the vice principal's face. And I said, I'm not signing that. You can shove that up your ass. Yeah. I may have said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think I said that. I apologize now. Yeah, I apologize now. <laughs> but. You know, I, I I told the vice principal, I said, I, no, I did your job. I sat these guys down. I taught them how to work out their differences. Yeah. What you're doing is anesthetizing the situation. You're making them uh, cave up and not deal with it until it builds up into something bigger. And then they just let it out. 
Mm. They just absolutely. Let it out. So uh, that that lazy and now they're in violation of the contract that they just signed. Yep, correct. Yeah, they, yeah. And plus, their their life their life yeah. is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it has less to do with my personal opinions. It has less to do with guns mm. and more to do with how we teach the next generation coming up. Yep. Would you Would you say that's a fair assessment? Again, it's. I mean, it. It's not a gun problem. It's a people problem. Well, well, let's go through the definitions. So, obviously, pro-Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. they want the gun laws as as loose as possible so they can, because some people just like guns. And why Mm -hmm. do you shoot guns? Because shooting guns is fun. Mm -hmm. It's a fun thing to do. If you go to a range and you shoot a gun, you know, properly go to the range, it's really like an aggression release. Right. Target shooting is a lot of fun. Target shooting is great. It's great. And some people use it for hunting. Mm -hmm. But what's the... So let's talk about some of the arguments that separate us, the anti-gun versus the, the pro. So I hate to say anti-gun the, the, or anti, the people who want to really clamp down on gun, gun control yeah. versus the true Second Amendment people. Mm-hmm. What gun, are some of the arguments? Advocates. Gun advocates. What are, some of the, what are some of the arguments of each side? So what I'm seeing on one side of, you know, people that think that no one needs a gun. You have the police or no one needs a gun because you can get a dog or an alarm or whatever. And then you have people on the other side that are like, everybody should own a gun. It's one of those, like you said, it's a very hard topic. It's something where how do we bring people together? How do we say, all right, let's listen to your point of view and let's listen to your point of view. And how do we meet in the middle? Again, it's I think people have the right to own guns. Some people don't. Some people do. But how do we bring them together? How do we say that, you know what, just because you think that no one should own a gun doesn't make you right and everybody else wrong. It's really all about educating people, educating people on both sides. And that's what I said earlier. It was just the education. And this is what we talked about earlier, that people are so set in their ways. Mm. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to tell a gun advocate. You're really not going to get him to side with someone who's anti-gun. Mm-hmm. Because they're both strong-willed and they're both set in their ways. Yeah. Well, then, because I've had these discussions. And, and the funny thing about my discussions with people, I told you, I, I, I really don't like guns. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about them. I've been shooting a gun since I was five years old. Yeah. After my incident, I just, nah, I'm, I'm done. Mm. Um, but so when, when people come at me like we should just take away guns, there's no reason why people need an assault weapon. Here was my argument. Mm. <laughs> I just said, one of my friends who is very anti-gun. I said, so what kind of car you drive? Mm. And they were like, well, I drive a, a, I think it was a BMW. I said, okay. I said, you know, you don't need a gun or you don't need, you don't need a car. Well, yeah, I do need a car. I said, no, you can take a bike. There's public transportation. You save on the environment. It's all good, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need a car. He said, well, I want a car. Oh, okay. You want a car. All right, let's go one step further. You got a BMW and they had a high-end car. It might've been a Mercedes. Uh, they had a high-end car. Mm. Well, you definitely don't need a high-end car. A uh, Fiesta, Ford Fiesta will do just the same job as your car. Why do you, well, I wear a car. That's what I want. Oh, really? I want a car that goes fast. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So you can have what you want, even though you don't need it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants a automatic weapon, sure, they don't need it, but they might want it. They might want it. Well, and then the, so I already know the argument coming back at me. Yeah. Well, my, my car doesn't kill people. Really? Mm. 
Has, car, has the potential to. Because car accidents kill just as many, more people more than people. guns. Yep. So the argument doesn't hold, hold water. And that's why mm. I said earlier, going back to the social media question, you really have to educate yourself if you're going to stand on one side or the other side. Yep. So that way you don't look like an idiot. And mm. I wasn't doing it to look, make this person look like an idiot. Yep. I really, really wasn't. But I was doing them to show that go educate yourself before you, you take this stance mm. a little bit more. So we have this we have this problem in this country with the quote unquote assault weapon ban. Yep. Um but there's there's gotta be another way around it than just mm-hmm. to ban stuff because you can't just get rid of everything that causes damage. Correct. So what's what's some of the middle ground here? So the middle ground is I think again it goes back to I think we need to address the mental health aspect of this. You know, if you go and get a gun, you're doing a criminal background check. That's it. There's what, nothing. what constitutes mental health background? And so that's where it's I've been meeting with a lot of people on what do you think we should incorporate that if you're going to get a gun legally, because someone really wants a gun legally, they're going to do what they need to do legally. They're going to follow the law. They're going to get their gun. They're going to do the background check, whatever they need to do. But how do we start addressing the mental health aspect? One idea proposed was. Well, what if we can incorporate some type of a psychological screening into the 4473? Well, then some people were like, yeah. You What's a 4473? So that's going to be your background check. Okay. That's going to be when you fill out your government paperwork, you're going to buy a long gun, you fill out the 4473. If you're going to buy a handgun, you have to fill out another set of paperwork. That's going to do not only the federal check, it's going to do your state police check as well. Okay. So that being said, it's okay. What if they start incorporating a psychological screening into that to see? Well, now you have some people saying, well, that's going to violate my my rights. That's going to violate, you know, the government doesn't need to know if I'm mentally fit to have a gun. They should know if you're going to have a gun. And that's that's a little scary yeah. because, you know, if you got a guy who's all upset about, you know, something and now he's got a bunch of guns. I mean, what do they teach in the academy for something for a crime to be committed? You need motive and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So now you got a guy who's motivated because he's upset about something. And he's got the opportunity because he might have a weapon. That's it. But the the thing that always scares me is who's the gatekeeper. And that's where that's I, it. Yeah, exactly. Where does it, where does it like? It's who is going to be in charge of it all and who's going to be reporting back to who. Because there's got to be accountability on all sides. The checks and balances are going to be put in place and there's going to be people from both sides of the argument put in there. That's the way it should work. Mm. But unfortunately, the whoever's in power, whatever side's in power is going to stack the deck in in their favor. Mm-hmm. And that's then you're getting into that political realm. And anytime you politicize a safety issue, yep. man, that, that just starts to get real dangerous. It's very difficult, especially now with, you know, anybody on any political side isn't going to want to do much until they see what happens yep. in November. Right. So a lot of people are stagnant. They're like, oh, we, we want to do this. We want to do that. But mm. we want to wait until November because if our constituents don't win, well, then we're kind of dead in the water, so to speak. They're waiting we, to get reelected. And, and exactly. And, and, and that's, a, that's a sad truth is they're waiting to get reelected. Correct. You know, so from between now and November, what if there's, God forbid, a couple of mass shootings? Yep. You know, it's like, but it, because you guys are dragging your feet and you don't want to get this done right now mm. because you want to wait till the midterms. Yep. So you're, they're pretty much letting this thing run, run out of control. And I say, it's like trying to put a house fire out with a spray bottle. It looks like you're doing something. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing something, but is it really addressing the problem? No. Well, is, is this, 
I've seen this many times where it's optics. Mm. The people in power really don't care as much as you think they care. Mm. You've come across a lot of different people in power. Is Do you think that's the case? It's more about what, how am I going to look? Mm. Do they really care about, about school shootings? I think yep. on some level they do. But I hope they do or else they're not human. Mm. But do they care about reelection? And that I can't speak, obviously, for politicians out there. But in my experience and what I've seen, a lot of times it's what's going to benefit me to get me reelected? Mm. Because, again, that's their job. Mm. And if, God forbid, something job. happens, are they thinking about blame? Mm-hmm. You know, if they sign off on a on a gun deal, mm-hmm. you know, then they're going to get blamed. Well. This this politician signed off on it. This one didn't. So it's more this politician's fault than that politician's fault. Ultimately, it comes down to re-election again. Yep. Because you know they're going to bring that up in a mudsling in the next election. Exactly. And, and then with the psychological, getting back to the psychological portion of it, is what test are they going to give? And what standardized test is going to be yep. the Wonderlick test, or the COPS test, the MMPI? Yep. Something, something like that. A legal gun owner is going to do whatever they got to do to get a legal gun. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you got to sit down there for a 600 question test, yep. they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll begrudgingly do it. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is you get involved, you getting involved in the gun debate, mm-hmm. you're putting yourself, man, you're putting yourself in a very sticky, sticky situation and because you have to make it palatable to both sides. Correct. And that's a lot of my meetings have been, listen, I'm not coming at this from pro-Republican or pro-Democrat. It's about humanity. It's about what is the right thing to do? How do we bridge the gap between Republicans and Democrats, red versus blue? It's always us versus them. It's There's got to be a common ground. If everybody just doesn't want to change and I'm always right and you're always wrong, well, obviously what we're doing now isn't working, right? Well, both sides got to got to come out with a win. They gotta, Correct. They, uh, well, both sides got to give a little bit too. Correct. And that's the thing. It's no, you're not going to touch our Second Amendment rights. Well, no, nobody's trying to touch your Second Amendment rights. Oh, you think everybody should have a gun? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Should Ted Kaczynski have had a gun? And see, that's the thing. Yeah. So people, will, a lot of times, people will take what they want to support their own conclusions. They'll infer what they want to say. Oh, well, see, I'm right and you're wrong. But it's not the Ted Kaczynski's everybody's worried about. They're mm-hmm. obviously. Ted Kaczynski is the Unabomber, for those people who don't know. Uh, it's not that type of person that people are worried about. It's the person that, well, I don't want to say looks like him, but maybe looks <laughs> like you, where you might have some, un- nobody can look into your brain. Nobody can see what underlying mental issues that you may have. Mm. You know, you pre- you spe- especially people with mental issues, they're very good actors. Mm. They can act a part. Yeah. And there are going to be people that slip through the cracks. Sure. But if you're able to catch... One or two out mm. of five, one or two out of ten, it's still better than status quo. It's yeah. still better than the way it is now. So there, there's some validity to that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, gun control, you know, even if let's, – let's take the, the anti-stance on it. If, if they want everybody to hand their guns in, mm. well, the criminals aren't going to hand their guns in. So we still have a gun problem. Mm-hmm. And that, now we got a dangerous gun problem. Well, you know, that gets back to what you said before. If, if a, a, a legal gun owner wants to get a gun, they're going to do anything they have to do to get a gun, mm-hmm. whether it take the psych eval, you know, all that stuff. If an illegal gun owner wants to get a gun, that illegal gun owner is going to do anything he has to do to get a gun. Yep. And, you know, no matter what laws they put in place, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, no matter what they put into place, yep. illegal guns are still going to come into this country, smugglers, because mm-hmm. there's money in it. 
Absolutely. Money. You know, they've been they've been fighting a drug war since the Nixon days in 1972. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Drugs are still coming into this country. So I think they actually just declared they lost the war on drugs, believe it or not. So and they're losing the the the, the war on guns. Mm. I think a lot of the a um, lot of the automatic weapons are coming from the Philippines now. Mm. So there's that problem out there. And whatever whatever they put into play is not going to solve illegal gun flows and illegal gun influx into this country. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is you're clamping down on legal gun owners, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yep. So whatever you do, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever progress you make, the dance you're going to have to do is to make it palatable to the anti and the pro. Yep. How does that happen? Like, how, what does that look like? It's very funny because I, I love talking to people that don't agree with my opinion. Because if you're constantly with people that agree with you, you think you're always right and there's no problem. That's why I like talking to Mike. We barely agree on anything. And you don't learn. You literally, you don't learn anything. You don't learn how to intelligently debate. You don't learn how to have a conversation because everybody you're with thinks you're right and you think they're right. So, hey, we're always right. It perpetuates your own mindset. Yes. And so it's, you know, Republicans running with Republicans and Democrats running with Democrats. And we're always right. No, we're always right. It's okay. Let me. Explain to me your point of view. Why do you think I'm wrong and you're right? And let's have an intelligent conversation instead of when you watch like some of these political debates. It sounds like kids arguing over candy. It really does. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Well, you're, I, you're a poopy head. It's literally, I know you're. I, I know you're. What am I? And it cracks me up because I'm like, they literally are. Oh, I'm going to be different when I get elected. I'm going to do this, and they just become more of the same. No, the, the big the, the big buzz term is change. Oh, I lo- it change, uh, change, change, change. What's it? What change? Yeah. What are you going to change your underwear? Yeah. What are you going to exactly. change? Yep. You're gonna, and then I've seen this in, in small town politics mm. where people get into politics with the best intentions. Yep. They really do, especially small town. They get in, they, they, they want to change certain laws in there. And they get in there and they see what the machine is like. Mm. And they're like, nope. And then they, they don't run for reelection. When those are the people that should be running. Yeah. They really should. Yeah. But- they just, they, they got, they lose their taste for it. Or they go in with good intentions and get eaten up by the machine. Correct. And, and they don't want to do it anymore because it's not is, what they did. So that's why they get out. But like you said, that's the people who should stay in because mm. they're the ones that are going to make a difference. Because they use those slander tactics. They drag up that, oh, you got a parking ticket 20 years ago, so you're not fit for it. Well, that's what scares me about those, those, that vetting process. Mm. It really does scare me because where's it stop? You know, where, where do they draw the line? Did you, did you get, did you have a domestic with your wife because you were arguing with her and the cops were called? Mm. Well, you know, listen, at one point I thought the police were going to set up a substation in my house and (laughs) argue with my wife so much. Um, Tell me one person who hasn't gotten an argument with their spouse. Exactly. It's it's human nature. That's, that's the the gay debate because they're going to start arguing with each other and they're going to get divorced. And I'm like, I told you, don't do it. (laughs) Um, But that's another political hot topic that we're not going to talk about right now. But there, where, like, what's the criteria? It, it needs to be the same for everybody. Mm. Where it, you take the subjective nature out yep. of it, and it, you know, we were discussing body cams. Yeah. Well, the people reviewing the body cams, or if that body cam shuts off, and if they don't like you, they're going to nail your ass to the wall. Mm-hmm. If they like you, they're going to say, "Oh, it was a malfunction." Yep. You follow me? Oh, and this is going to be the same thing with vetting for for gun permits. Mm-hmm. Well. We don't like this person, and he's got a parking ticket, so we're going to take that away. That ability 
And that subjectivity needs mm. to be taken out of the hands. Yeah, but I don't think there's a, a specific checklist you can have. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's not a, a distinct checklist to say, okay, you know, one through 10, if you check off all those boxes, you could buy yourself a gun. Yeah. Because every case is different. Every person's different. Well, let's think about some of the hot topics that if we were the lawmakers, mm. three of us here, what are some of the hot topics where you think it would exclude people from having guns? I think a lot if, of it. If you had your – this is pure opinion. This yeah. is not based on any law. I just yep. want to make that very clear. Yep. I mean the first thing is, again, how do we address the mental illness crisis? Because that's the best way to describe it. It's a crisis in this country. Without and a doubt. Since COVID, it's gotten exponentially worse. People forgot how to be human. Yeah. They were locked up for so long by themselves or with their family members that they forgot how to interact with other human beings. And I think it has to deal with how do we – not only clear someone from background check criminally, but how do we address the mental illness? Do we say that they, every person who wants a gun permit should have to meet with a psychiatrist and a psychiatrist has to sign off on it. But then again, it's where do you draw the line? Well, that psychiatrist didn't like me because, you know, I said they were ugly, so they didn't sign off. We see this in the police world. So one of the police psychiatrists, he actually got sued by the PBA. Mm where he was a sh he was a shill of the departments. If the department didn't want you. Yep. My department used psychological tests as punishment cuz mm. if you've taken them there oh, yeah. there there's some punishing things. I got sent for 5. 5. Yep. And hey listen, I passed he, it. Fooled he, every one of them. He, <laughs> he knows how to cheat. He took them so much he knew how to answer them. The first one he was a little sketchy on, second, third, fourth, fifth, he aced them all. Our friend <laughs> Our friend, our doctor friend, who we both dislike, mm. tried to give me my sixth. Yep. And there's a rule that how many you can take. Ah. There's a rule. And I said, I got to take another one. He's like, how many have you taken? I said, this is number six. He goes, I can't give this to you. Because there's a certain amount of time frame mm. that you can only give so many of them because then you start learning the test. Yeah. So it's in, it invalidates the test. So, yes, I invalidated the psychological test. I, I, I don't know whether he was bullshitting me. i never seen any law on that. But yeah. he did not give me the test. So you, you got you run into that because it's a human test. It is. It's it's administered by a human being. Yeah. So they need to come up. I think the first step is they need to come up with some sort of standardized test mm -hmm. on a computer that's given by somebody that's some sort of artificial intelligent. You know, just not a person. Mm -hmm. And the psych evals are subjective too. Of course they are. I got. I was given the Rorschach test. There's nothing more subjective than a Rorschach test. Mm. That one looks like a blonde with big tits. That one looks like a brunette with big tits. You know. It, um, but that that's that's what they're. That's my fear with the with the mental with the psychological stuff. Yep. So yeah, it has. No, it's a good way to pass a psych test. Go out and grab yourself something to eat real quick before. Go to like the Grand Saloon over in uh, Clifton. Go out and get yourself some. Uh... Next time you come up, because your, your mother's <laughs> coming up, we got to take you out. Take you out. I, I'm sorry to get off topic, but okay. so Grand Saloon is one of our sponsors. Okay. So this is a debate that people should be having over a table, over a meal, mm. relaxed. Yep. And that's why we go to the Grand Saloon, 940 Van Houten Avenue. Okay. Um, but these these types of things need to be spoken about in a relaxed atmosphere where nobody's going to get offended. Yep. Nobody's going to get their butt hurt. Mm. Uh, that, that happens all too often. So in my mind, one of the things that needs to get fixed is the way a psychological test is, is administered to make people yep. feel at ease. Mm -hmm. it, it, they take the, the personal element out of it. Yeah. So what, what do you think are some other things that we can find some, if we had a law to make? Mm. 
Uh, what do you think are some like certain crimes that should exclude you from having a gun? Would be violent crimes. But then it's what about domestic violence? Is, is should there be a three strike limit, or because you know you get a three strike limit? That's that's a good one. That's a good one. But if you think about it, you know, what if your spouse is, I know that he's going to be on a three-strike limit. So we're arguing, I'm calling the police. You get those people that abuse the system. <laughs> you know, we had a call last night where they wanted to say shots were fired. About a domestic. There was no shots fired. But how do you get the cops to come quick? So ultimately, this debate's going to stagnate. Until it like it some, Like it has been. Yeah, and that's the thing. Nobody wants to budge. Nobody wants to say, yeah, you know what? Let's give a little bit. Let's take a little bit. Let's make this work. It's no, you're not going to touch it or take it all away. What What do you think about if you're a legal gun, gun owner mm. having to qualify with that gun? I, think I mean, it, police, police have to do it twice a year. Yep. And Why I, shouldn't every legal gun owner at their own expense mm-hmm. go to one of these, you know, with the gun for hire or whatever those places are and mm-hmm. you pay X amount and you have to qualify with that gun? Well, to your point. If you want to drive a car, how do you drive a car? Yeah, you have to get your license. You have to pass that test. You have to you're, take a test. If you're yeah. going to carry OP, OC or pepper spray, yep. you got to get sprayed with pepper spray. You know, unfortunately, you can't get shot with a gun to carry a gun. No. But one of the ways to do that is just put up a London broil or a piece of roast beef. Mm. Shoot a bullet through that. See what it does to it. It'll give you a pretty good idea. Now, in order for us to carry a taser, we had to get tased. Mm-hmm. So you know what it feels like. Thank God I didn't have to do that one. Oh, man, that tickled. I would have pissed and shit myself. <laughs> I was an OC instructor, so I I got sprayed with it a ton of times. But anyway, getting back to qualifications. Yeah. You you get that gun. Yep. You go to qualify in it. Mm-hmm. Here's another caveat. What if you fail your qualification? What happens with that gun? Not even that. What happens if, all right, you buy this gun and you qualify? Do you now have to, if you buy a revolver, do you have to qualify with that? You buy another caliber of the same gun that you just bought. Do you got to qualify with that? Or is it, oh, you qualified with a 9mm, so whether it's Glock or Sig or whatever, you know how 9mm shoots. Have you worked this out with the people you spoke to in power? So that's where it hits some stagnant water right now. One, nobody wants to do anything till November because they want to see how the elections come out. Okay, well, you know, my constituent's not going to get elected, so forget it. There's no point in doing this. Or, oh, we got elected. Now we're all gung-ho and we're ready to go. If you, yep. And then, then it'll drag on it'll and drag, drag on. on until the next election. Yep. And then they'll say, well, let's wait, you know, let's wait till see how this presidential election goes. Mm. And then we'll, that's why nothing gets done because and, just, they could just keep dragging their feet. And then it's, let's have a meeting and then let's meet about that meeting. Yeah. So we can talk about another meeting that we're going to have later on. And it's like, all right, well, when do we actually get something done? We keep trying to fight the good fight. Mm. You know, I think that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fight the good fight. You see a problem. You don't necessarily have the answer. Mm -hmm. You can put forth some suggestions. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not advising anybody. Yeah. Because that's there's the difference between suggestion and advice. Mm. You know, if you advise advise somebody, you own it. But if you suggest, they they can choose to take your suggestion or not. Yep. Um, but you're willing to talk about it. And it sounds like some of the people you're getting in front of are willing to talk about it as well. And that's what I'm trying to get people to do is say, listen, I'm not coming from this as one side or the other. I'm coming from this as how do we bridge the gap? How do we get the ball rolling? I think we just need to keep 
keep on until we find the answer because it only takes one person to come up and say, hey, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. And that idea may have legs. And that idea may be the true path on how to get there. Mm. But it's going to take that one person to speak up. Yep. And so, possibly an influential person. Mm. So how do, how do we find you? So I'm on LinkedIn okay. right now. Um, you can find me under my first and last name, pop right up. And then uh, you and I earlier were talking about Instagram and all that stuff like that. Yeah, you got to get that Instagram. Yeah, get on there so that way we can start getting the ball rolling there. Well, you have about three weeks to get an Instagram before this show airs. <laughs> that way we can put it in our show notes. Yep. Because I'm sure there's some people, and again, the more we're, you, you had asked earlier when we were sitting down talking, what's, you know, what's the purpose of social media? Yeah. Well, people need to reach you because that one person who you're not in front of mm-hmm. may actually have a good idea. Mm. And and you may be able to run with that idea because you seem to have the resources now in order to get in front of the right people. Yep. And you have certain people's ears in order to try to get something done. Mm. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, we got to figure something out, right? Yep. I mean, this is a problem. Whether it's training our young kids how to resolve their conflicts or uh, qualifications or, or psychological tests, whatever it may be, mm. there is an answer out there. Absolutely. There is an answer out there, and I don't think that answer is banning guns. No, because all that's going to do is keep legal gun owners from accessing guns. And they're not going to turn their guns in. I hate no. to tell you. Legal gun owners. Well, they're going to say, fight me for them. Put it this way. Look at the Australian gun ban. What happened there? Crime went up. Exactly. A nobody, lot. Nobody, nobody wants to admit that, but there was a gun ban, and crime went up exponentially. And is it, it still a, banned? Um, I don't believe so. Someone would have to fact check me to make sure, but... Um, when I did a college paper on it at that time, it went up exponentially because they said, guns are the problem. Let's get rid of guns. Everybody turn in your guns. They got rid of guns. And what happens when a criminal realizes, hey, you know what? They don't That's have guns anymore. Yeah. How do we, what about England? So England, I know there's guns in England. Yeah, I know there's there a is. lot of guns in England. Yeah. But I know the police aren't, the, even the though bobbies. they do. They, <laughs> yeah. they do. <laughs> They have uh, armed actually, and non-armed yeah. police officers. Yeah, so one of one of my uh, one of my guys that sponsored me for uh, for Freemason was Scotland Yard, and he looked at me right in the eye and he goes, "There's plenty of guns, and we got plenty of guns." Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I don't think I, I just don't know what the answer is. I really don't know what the answer is. I know, you know, but bottom line is, since I don't like guns, yep. it's my choice whether I own a gun. Yeah, and that's 100% your choice. You Correct. know, someone can say, I don't believe in guns. That's that's fine. Nobody's saying you have to own a gun. You can say, I don't believe in guns, and I don't want to own one. That's fine. But you should not infringe on the person that believes in their right to own a gun. I, I just think that the common, I'm not even going to say the common answer, but it, it, first of all, common sense and education. Mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. No common oxymoron. sense. That's a, yeah, that's exactly. A lot, that's I mean, a lot to handle right no, there. No, I'm, I'm just talking not, not owning a gun. Going through with the Second Amendment or, or meeting somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's got to take some kind of common sense and education, doesn't it? And I think you it, know, it really does boil down to we want to blame the guns. We want to blame the guns. Yeah. It's not the gun's fault. It's not a gun problem. It's a people problem. It's how that gun got into his hands and, and why it got into his hands. And I tell people, since I've been serving in 2011, I've responded to more fatal car crashes than I have shootings. Obviously, for each department, that's going to be subjective because if you go to some cities where there's a high crime area, maybe they do go to more shootings. Me personally, I've been to more fatal car accidents. I've had more people die 
in my arms. I've had more people when I show up, they're already DOA. So is that saying that we have car problem? Or is that saying that we have drivers that need to learn how to be better drivers? I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's, it's a, it's approaching your opinions with common sense and education, which is what I, I think Mike was, Mike was trying to say, you know, when you have a very strong opinion, mm. step back and think if, if it's super strong, step back and think about it for a second before you let it out. Yeah. yeah. And how about an open mind? That's the other social, thing. Thank you, Jennifer, for that social media question. So many that. people are like, no, I'm right. If yeah, you exactly. disagree with me, you're wrong. So I want to thank you so much for coming in today. No, I pleasure. really appreciate it. I think it's Especially a debate coming that's, all this way. That's a, it's a debate that's ongoing. It's constantly evolving. Yeah. But anything to to make both sides come come together, mm. you know, this might be the one time in 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 recent history that both sides are going to be able to come together and agree on something. Yeah. Um, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart but coming j- in. Just getting back to the social media thing. I'm yeah. I'm not a big social media guy. Same. But if you do have social media. Someone may give you suggestions mm. on your social. Someone that you may have never met before, you know, you would have never had the opportunity to meet. Yep. And I, those are the people I welcome. They'll, they'll give you, you know, some. They may open your eyes to something. Yeah, they may absolutely. agree with with something, and they may disagree with with something. But maybe you can meet some common ground in that. Mm. So that that's the only thing that I see would be able to see you using social media for because I I don't use it at all. Yeah, no, you I use mean, it more than you think. Yeah, you look up freak of Brit. That's, See, that's someone I would have never met before. Exactly. <laughs> Connects you with certain people. Yeah. You've been at this for quite some time, this debate. Yep. And you've seen the suffering of trying to change opinion, change values mm-hmm. to, to ultimately facilitate a safer environment in the world. Yep. What do you think it's taught you? We have to work together. We have to work together. That's, I mean, that's perfect. As police officers, how many times do you show up on a call where it's a domestic and What's our job? Diffuse the situation. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Other times people feel like they're not being heard. And it's just, how do we come together for a greater common good? Not about your personal beliefs or your, you know, I think I'm right or no. Personal agendas. It, it's agendas. It's put all that aside. And it, even this may be dumb, but, you know, as a parent, what's best for my kid in the future? Right. What is best We're leaving this our, world to them. Yeah. What is in our best interest in the future? Once again, I thank you for coming in. This was, um, this was interesting. It was. This was interesting. Yeah. We could have kept going. <laughs> we could have probably gone for quite a while. Probably. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast. And as always, we think about what we learned. First thing I learned is Dave needs Instagram. That's the bit. That's <laughs> I'll be jumping on that one, so stay tuned. That's the big one. Guns aren't for everybody. Don't perpetuate your own mindset. Approach your opinions with common sense and education, but most importantly, anything in the wrong hands is dangerous. And that's going to do it for this episode of The Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of Guns with Dave Voorhees. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow Mike at Mike underscore Fillets. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. Soon to follow Dave on Instagram. By the time this airs, we'll be able to follow <laughs> right. Dave as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And of course, follow The Suffering Podcast. If you like what we're putting out, subscribe and like. Don't forget to hit the bell so you get notified of all our new videos. And we will see you on the next episode of The Suffering Podcast. Mm-hmm.